so it's awesome what God's doing, and we're thankful that you've joined us. I want to invite you to stand up as we read the word together today in, in Hebrews. We're in a new series called Circle Up. I, I, I want to, for the next few weeks, share a principle with you that I think will kind of awaken you, and you're going to kind of have an aha moment. You're going to have a Scooby-Doo moment. Huh? Reggie? Come here. You're going to have that moment like, what? I never realized how important this was. So I want to teach you a scripture. Let's all say it together. Those of you joining us online, why don't you join me? We're going to read Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. Here we go. Everyone, come on loudly. Ready? And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Now, I want to pause. Leave that part up right there. This just told us we need to think of ways to help each other walk in the fullness of the potential of our faith in love and in good deeds. How many of you want to reach your potential? How many of you want to see the fulfillment of what God has for you? Well, this is telling us how that happens, okay? We're going to think of ways for that to happen. Then it goes on to say, in the next part, guys, bring that up. So let's consider ways. It says, not giving up, come on, help me, not giving up meeting together. Stop. So in other words, we're going to think of ways to help us reach our potential, right? And here's how. By not giving up, meeting together. Let's keep reading. As some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Here's what this says. As you get closer and closer to the return of Christ, the day approaching is is the return of Christ. That's what that's referencing. So the closer you get to the return of Jesus Christ, There is going to be a propensity, a temptation to neglect circling up. Now, when it's talking about meeting together, that's a Hebrew word or a Greek word, which means to to gather up. And, of course, we think of church, and many times people preach about this as, hey, we need to come to church. But you see, the Hebrew culture, they didn't think of things in rows. They thought of things in circles. Because the early church was a group of 10, 15 people gathered in a home in a circle. So what this is saying is as you live your life, as you get towards the end of time, as time progresses, there is going to be a pull to say, well, I just need to show up at church in a row, hear a little message, and go on. But what God's saying is I want you to reach your potential. So let's talk about ways for you to reach your potential, and that is you can't just be in a row. You've got to learn to be in a circle. Come on, you all with me? So I want us to close our eyes right now. Holy Spirit. I'm asking you to speak boldly, to speak loudly in this room right now to every heart. Give us this message. Give us this truth that I believe will transform people in this room and in homes around the world. And Lord, we are going to arise. We are going to receive and accomplish everything you've called us to do. I declare it over you in Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. 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 You may be seated. So how can we help each other reach our potential? How can we stir it up? Well, we got to make a decision that I'm not just going to be a Christian who's always living in a row. I'm going to learn how to be a Christian who is involved in a circle. And sometimes we don't realize the value. You know, the reality is we live in a culture that has as many or more mechanisms for connection and relationship than we've ever had. 
you realize that now you can text someone, you can call someone, you can tweet someone, you can post a picture on Instagram, you can post a video on Vine, you can post something on Facebook, you can speak live on Periscope, you can speak live. We have more ways to connect, and yet I was reading this weekend online that there are more and more statistics proving that people are more lonely and isolated than they've ever been in history. God says you need to learn to circle up. So what I want to do today is I want to start with a little bit of theology, a little bit of teaching on a concept about this idea of circling up. And I want you to go in your Bibles to the to beginning, the story of creation. I want you to go to Genesis chapter 1. And in Genesis chapter 1, we're going to begin, and here's the thing. God creates the world, Right? But when he's talking here, he created living things. So he's talking about plants. He's talking about animals. And look what he says. So then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with, everybody say the next word, with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. Now let me stop right there and take a moment. So what this is saying is that God said, I'm going to create things And when I create a tree, I'm going to create not only a tree, but I'm going to put a seed inside of the tree so that that tree has the ability to reproduce more of its like kind. It's only God that's able to not only build a tree, but to put inside a tree a forest of trees. So God says, when I create creation, I'm going to create a seed inside of them so that they can produce and they can multiply. Now, let's see what he said to the crown glory of all his creation, humanity. We go on and read in verse 27. So God created mankind in his own image. Now it says, God blessed them and said to them. Let me stop there. So God says, now I'm going to create mankind, humanity, but I'm not just going to put a seed in them. I'm going to put my own seed in them. I'm going to put the seed that reflects who I am. So he creates mankind, you and I. He said, I put seed inside of you. And now it says that God blessed them and said to them. How many know that the first things said are important? This is the first time God speaks to creation. And he gives them their purpose. He goes on and here's what he says. Be what? Come on, you all can do better than that. Be what? Be fruitful and increase in number Fill the earth and subdue it. Here's what God says. I've created you to be fruitful and to multiply. It's the spiritual principle, not just reproducing humanity, but reproducing the potential of humanity. There is increased multiplication, fruitfulness that God wants to bring in your family. He wants to bring it in your ministry. He wants to bring it in that business that you've, been, that you've raised up, that God's put in your heart. He wants to increase in and through you. We are to be fruitful and we are to multiply. Now, I'm going to get into a part of this that gets a little bit sensitive because I know there are children here. But how many know when God placed the seed in humanity... The seed of potential was there, but the only way that the seed could see its potential is that that seed had to interact or become intimate with a seed of the same kind. So I'm not going to go a lot deeper there, all right, for the sake of all the kids here. The point that God is making is simply this. God requires intimacy for things to multiply. No intimacy, no increase. You can't have multiplication 
without intimacy. You can't fulfill your potential as long as you live in a, in a row because it's in a circle that you begin to open. Intimacy, intimacy. It's about receiving input. It's about giving input. It's about interaction. And it's in a circle that you and I can fulfill our potential. And I think that's why we get to chapter 2 of Genesis because the devil came along. How many know the devil's a bad guy? How many hate the devil? Come on, there should be a whole lot more of you that hate the devil than that. Come on. Some of you like hate raising your hand more than you hate the devil. Come on. How many hate the devil? Come on now. Hey. And we hate the devil, and here's why we hate the devil. We hate the devil because we think he's this mean, nasty guy that wants to just mess everything up. And yes, that's true. But I think that we're thinking shallow when we think the devil just came to mess up our little lives because it's really beyond that. Here's really what Satan wants to do. When you see when he came, his goal was to come between you and others so that he could stop intimacy. So if he can stop intimacy then he can stop fruitfulness. You'll never be fruitful on the level that God has for you as long as you stay in a row because there's no intimacy. It's interesting. Let me give you some examples. Um, porn. So you're like, whoa, that came out of the blue. <laughs> oh, honey, go get me some coffee. Porn. Why is porn bad? Well, we just think God, you know, the devil made up porn because porn is just supposed to make you feel evil and make you feel nasty and bad about yourself. But let me think that maybe we're thinking shallow because here's what porn really does. Porn is designed to give you an intimate or a sexual experience without somebody else. And as long as there's nobody else, there can be no potential of multiplication or increase. Not, it's not about porn. It's not about porn, people. It's about the devil stopping. Let's look at another one. Stopping the intimacy that causes the increase in multiplication. Let's look at another one. Same-sex marriage. You're like, oh, you're, you're, you're tapping into something controversial there, Pastor Jared. Let me just say, you see, here's what I think the devil did. It's not about homosexual. Here's what it's about. Listen, if I can come up with a concept where I can get people to have a form of friendship or intimacy, but there's no possible way for them to multiply, I'll make it popular and make people feel intolerant if they don't, don't accept it. Right, let's get a little more personal, because some of us, that may not be an issue for us. Let's, let's go, let's do one, because let me just say, this, these things touch every part of our lives. All of us have experienced issues and things, and we're not here to point a finger. Here's what we're doing. We're trying to expose the root of what Satan's trying to do. How about this one? Divorce. Well, Pastor Jared, I know that one. I read my Bible. God hates divorce. We've all heard God hates divorce. Why does God hate divorce? Have you ever thought about it? Nobody talks about the Why? Well, God hates divorce because, you know, when a man comes up to the front and, and the woman is there and she says, I do, and he made a vow and he's supposed to fulfill his vow. And if he didn't fulfill his vow, then he's a vow breaker. And that's why God hates divorce because it's vow breakers. That's why God, listen, I don't think necessarily that's why God hates divorce. Here's why I think God hates divorce. Because God, I mean, why Satan wants it to, to be, be peripheral in our community. I don't even know if that's a word, but I just made it up and it sounded great. Come on now, come on. I'm just being fruitful and multiplying right now. Come on, just add it to the whole English language. Because here's the thing. If, if he can get two people to get married and then they divorce, they won't have children. Or if they do, 
it can get so bad that the children will have so much baggage and dysfunction without the grace and love of Christ that they'll just keep reproducing dysfunctional people that aren't healthy and can never connect with anybody else. And what has the devil done? He's destroyed intimacy. And if he can destroy intimacy, he can destroy the multiplication and the fruit that God has for our lives. It's interesting. What does God say about divorce? He says, I hate divorce. And then look what it says in Malachi. Malachi is where that comes from. And what does the one God seek? He's talking about divorce. Why does he hate divorce? Godly offspring. Godly offspring that can produce and multiply. I'm here to tell you today, I believe God wants to multiply. God thinks relationally. He ends the entire New Testament with a relational verse. I mean, the whole story of God and man, right? It ends in the, 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 the end of the Old Testament in Malachi chapter 4, verse 6, and look what it says. It says, He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents, or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. In other words, relationship is the key to blessing. God is a relational God. That's why He said, I am the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob. He thinks relationally. He thinks generationally. And I want you to know something. The key to you unlocking the purpose, fruitfulness, and blessing that God has for you is learning to get out of your row and circle up. Somebody say amen. Amen. So here's what we're going to do. I want to give you four aspects of our lives. You ready? We're going to learn some things. Here we go. Four aspects of our lives. Here's the first one, the arena. Everybody say the the arena. Come on online. You help me out right where you are. Say the arena. Come on, everybody help them. The arena. The arena. Here's what that really identifies. I know and you know. The arena is the place, I'm in the arena right now, I'm standing in a public, how many know that all of us have a public me? All of us have a polished me. Come on, all of us have a professional me. All of us have the me that I want you to see me. And you're not the only, I'm not the only one, you know me, you see me, but you're the same way, you've got a public me, because I know some of you were on your way to church in your minivan and you were yelling at each other all the way here. And as soon as the door opened, you got on, you said, hey, praise the Lord. God bless you, brother. <laughs> Come on, anybody been to the arena? I used to struggle with pastors that kind of had the professional arena persona. I grew up in a um, kind of a, a background where the pastor, when he got up and he, he didn't talk, he preached. But sometimes he had that professional preach, you know. Where he'd get up and he'd say, you'd see him right before he walked up and he'd be like, hey, how you doing, man? How's the family? Great, good. He'd say, okay, I'll see you in a minute. And he walks up and he's like, open your Bibles and turn to Psalms chapter 5. <laughs> Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on. That wasn't too bad either. Can I get an amen, somebody? Now listen, I know some of it's fun, some of it's cultural, but here's the thing. Sometimes what we do in the arena can make us feel, wait a minute, you're not acting like you do when you're not in the arena, and I don't know that I can believe you because I don't know if that's the real you or not the real you. And a lot of us, and listen, I know we can have fun, and I'm not bagging on anybody that preaches like that because I used to preach a little bit more like that way in some of the settings I was in. It was a cultural thing that I grew up in, but I want to say this. We all live in an arena, and if we're not careful, we only let people see the part of us that we want them to see. In fact, here's what the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. It says, so we cared for you. Listen, if you care for someone, here's what it says. We cared for you because we love you so much, 
we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. As long as you live in the arena. I'll never forget, I started a group of guys called The Wall, and we would pray. And I remember many years ago when this group began, we would get together in in a group, and we'd sit in a circle. And we would start, and I would teach a little bit on prayer, and then we'd go around the room. We'd go, okay, guys, how's it going? And I'd go to the first guy, how you doing? And they'd be like, I'm good. And the next guy, how you doing? I'm good. And then, you know, like the young, hip kind of guys, they'd be like, I might. And then you go to the next guy, I'm good, I might, I'm good. I'm like, okay, I guess everybody's good. So then we'd pray a little bit, right? Well, then after a few weeks went on, then you kind of crack past the arena a little bit, and they'd be like, I'm good, praise the Lord. And they'd throw a little Christianese in there. You know, because if you throw a little Christianese in there, it kind of, you know, saves you a little bit. I'm good, hallelujah. <laughs> but then like week four and week five and week six, and suddenly it was, oh, actually, I'm not so good. My wife and I just had this huge fight. She says she's leaving me. I don't know what to do. See, if the devil can keep you in the arena, if he can keep you in a row, you'll never experience intimacy. And if you never experience intimacy, you'll never multiply and reach your potential. Amen. Amen. Thank you, 12 of you. The rest of you will get it on the way home. Come on. Get on the way home. Okay, so we have the arena. Let's go on real quick. We have the mask. This is the next one. The mask. And this is, I know you don't know. I know you don't know. So, for instance, I'm going to throw you off right now, some of you. I have secrets. Did you hear that? You know what I did? I just flashed back to Nacho Libre. It was like, where where the guy looks at him and says, stop judging me. You're always judging me, Nacho. You know why I can say that? Because you have secrets, too. And the question is, as long as you, or the the statement is, as long as you keep your secrets, you only be as sick as your secrets. Because we all have secrets. The the thing is, is that I, I don't need to tell them to you. I don't have to tell all my secrets to everybody, but I need to tell them to somebody. We all have to have a place. Come on, how many know we all need a place where we can vent? Come on, you need that person you can call up and say, I feel like kicking a puppy right now. Come on, anybody ever been there? Don't judge me. Come on, stop judging me. Some of you are like, it's so you can't kick puppies, Pastor, but you can kick cats. Okay, hallelujah. Sorry. I go. Sorry, just throwing that out there, throwing it out there. There's a scripture, and here's where it's found. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13 says, Whoever conceals their sin does not multiply, does not increase, does not prosper. As long as you stay behind the mask, whoever conceals their sin does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Somebody say amen. Now, I know some of you, you're not sure this circle thing. You're like, wait a minute, that's not talking about a circle. That's talking about talking to God. You know, God, we need to go to God. Well, no, let's go on and find out what it says in James. James chapter 5 says this. Confess your sins to who? To each other and pray for each other so that you may be what? Healed. So here's the big point. You go to God for forgiveness and you go to God's people for healing. Now, I I can preach better than you. Amen. Let me try that again. You go to God for forgiveness, but you go to God's people for healing. The point I'm trying to make is that 
many times when we live behind the mask and we live in a row and we don't have a circle where we have people in our lives that we can say, hey, bro, I'm struggling or, or someone can just simply say, hey, man, you seem like something's going on. Can I pray with you? We live and the cancer, it just festers in our lives. I mean, think about it. We know that many times we don't have a problem with people making a mistake. We have a problem with people hiding the mistake. And so you see professional athletes that use, you know, performance-enhancing drugs, right? Substances. And the ones that come out and say, you caught me, I did it, I'm so sorry, I should have never done it. I was just, I was wanting to keep ahead. And they confess and they say they're sorry and before long you know they're back playing again and it's no big deal. But the ones who hire the lawyers and go to court, there's an asterisk next to their name and because people don't like the fact that you're deceiving. You know, kind of, there's a rule we have in our house this is something I tell my kids, and it's important, and I'm, I simply say it this way. If you tell me the truth, come on, telling your kids. How many of you ever had to tell your kids? If you tell me the truth, I'll show you mercy. But if you lie to me, come on now. If you lie to me, right? So I, I just want to right now open up my heart and share some of my secrets. We have a demonic spirit in our house called the demonic spirit of phone charger stealing. I don't know where it came from. I don't know how it got. The, how many have that same spirit in your house? Come on now. And it brings out the ugly. Come on, it brings out the ugly because, yeah, I mean, I don't care how many times this phone charger is by my bed. Nobody touch it. I, I can't tell you how many times I've marched the family together. I'm like, everybody listen to me. This is my phone charger. Do not touch it in the name of Jesus. Come on, right, right? But I don't know what happens. That demon rises up and I'm coming to bed. I'm tired. I'm exhausted from serving God all day long. And I walk to the side of the bed and my phone charger's gone. And that demon has stolen it again. And then you go to your kids and you're like, I didn't take it. I didn't take it. We'll talk to him. Talk to them. I got my own phone charger, right? So the other day, I lost it. Anybody ever just had like, like you flipped a switch and your eyes started twitching? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Your hand starts going like this. I walk up to my room. I had went, listen, I had went and I had bought new phone chargers on purpose and told everybody, does everybody have your own phone charger? Yeah, we do. We got it. Okay, this is my phone charger. I come back. It's gone. And I'm like, I start twitching. I blow a lid and I'm like, everyone in the main home, downstairs right now. And man, they just come running. That's like the Von Trapp family. They're like running up and they're like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because they know I'm mad. And I'm walking back and forth like this. <laughs> Did I not tell you? Right? I mean, uh, I am ready to lay somebody out. Come on, parents. You know where I'm at. And then suddenly... My oldest child, Macy, goes like this. She starts raising her hand, and she kind of starts, she just got new eyelashes put on, and she's like, her eyes are, she's, she's batting her eyes like this. Fan is hitting me, and she's like, Dad. And I'm like, what, Macy? She's like, 
Dad, it was me. I had to leave real quick, and I couldn't find mine. I plugged it in just to charge it real quick, and suddenly all of these scenes start flashing through my mind when I taught her how to ride a bike, and (laughs) when time that I accidentally knocked over the iron and it, it, she got burned and I'm thinking of all these times I'm like come here baby it's like it's like somebody took a cork and just pulled it out and just all drained I'm like come here I love you you're the literally and it's like it's okay don't do it again because when you conceal a sin right but when you confess your sin, when you find a relationship that you say, I'm willing to get beyond the mask, I'm willing to open my heart, what happens? You find mercy. Why? Because the truth will set you free. I'm going to tell you, you're going to find more truth in a circle than you will a row. So let's, let's learn a little bit more. Almost done. Y'all hanging in with, with me? Say Amen. Let's go to the, the next one. So we have the arena, I know, you know. The mask, I know, but you don't know. Let's go now to the blind spot. Everybody say the blind spot. The blind spot is, you know, but I don't know. How many of you ever here have had one of those spinach in the teeth moments? Come on. <laughs> right? Your friend shows up. And uh, I had these things called the Visalines where I was getting my teeth moved and stuff. They was kind of like braces or whatever. And so you put them in and they look like you can't really see them. And so I'm in the store, and this person's like, hey, and I'm like, hey, how's it going? And what I hadn't realized is that when I put my Invisalign in, there was like a little piece of lettuce right there. So it's like, hey, what's going on? You know, blind spot is like B.O. Everybody knows it but you. Come on, right? And in life, we have blind spots. It's funny because maybe uh, I'll know a couple. I remember back in the days uh, when, when I started pastoring, and I'd have a couple that say, Pastor, we're going through problems. Can we sit down and talk? And you know, now we have a marriage care center, and we have all this stuff that we can help you know, couples with. And I'd sit down with these, these couples, and they'd start talking. They'd be like, Pastor, you know, this is what's going on, and here's what we think we need to do. We think we need to, you know, if we just sell our house and move and get a fresh start. And I'm sitting there, and here's what I'm thinking. No. Don't listen to you. Don't listen to you. You're why you got in this mess. Come on, have you ever heard someone and, and they've got the blind spot and you're like, no, don't listen to you. But that's kind of the way we live. We listen to ourselves rather than, what, what does the scripture say? The Bible says in, in Proverbs chapter 27, it says, wounds from a friend can be trusted. I was with, I'll, I'll give Macy another moment here this weekend. We were in um, England a few weeks ago, and uh, we were there for a conference, and we had a couple days of vacation at the end of it. And so while we were there, Macy was there with me, and a friend was with her, and so we decided we are going to go see um, at the Tower of London the Crown Jewels. So we're kind of hurrying through the city, trying to get there as quick as we can, and we get to this one intersection. I'm like, okay, guys, let's go, and I start to take a step, and Macy grabs my arm, and she says, Dad! And I turn around, and I'm like, what? And then suddenly, boom, a car goes right by. And the reason I almost got killed was because I was in England, not in America. Amen. Those crazy Brexit people I'm talking about. Because in England, the cars drive on this side of the street. And I was looking with my eyes that way. The point I want to say is that I needed another set of eyes. 
The blind spot is that we don't see what's coming our way. We need other eyes. In fact, let me just say it this way. You can't solve what you can't see. So God says, listen, you got to get out of your row and you got to get into a circle because there's going to be people that's in your life that's going to be able to go like happens to me every once in a while here at Higher Vision. I'll be preaching and I had to use the restroom real quick, like just happened in the service. So I rushed back there, went to the restroom. I came back out, but I didn't do everything I should. And there'll be a brother in the congregation as I'm preaching will look at me and start going. I preached with my zipper down. I can't tell you how many times. And there'll be a brother, he's so kind, he's out there, and he's like. <laughs> because he can see what I can't see. And too many times we're living in our row, and God is trying to bring people into your life that can say, hey, there's something in your teeth. There's something coming your way, and I want you to prosper, and I want you to multiply. But you've got to be in some kind of relationship of intimacy, or you'll never experience the blessing that God has for you. You all with me? Say amen. Let's go to our last thought. Our last thought is this. Four aspects of my life. It's the arena. It's the mask. It's the blind spot. And here's the last one. Potential. Everybody say potential. And this is, I don't know and you don't know. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, there are gifts, there are talents, there is potential inside of each one of us that many times we can't even fathom what it is. And there might even be parents and people in our lives that we love that don't even see the potential that inside, is inside of us. But guess what? Your creator who made you sees all the potential that's locked up inside of you. But as long as you stay in a row, and you see, we live in a culture where it's like, I can make my own way, I'm going to find myself, I'm going to go do my thing. And so we think that by doing our thing and finding ourselves, we're going to be able to step up and fulfill our potential. But here's the reality is you'll never fulfill your potential in a row until you get in a circle. Let me show you. It says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16, it says, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. In other words, it's you being in a circle with somebody else. As long as you're a lopped off hand sitting on the side by yourself, you don't have the blood flow, you don't have the tissue, you don't have the connectedness to help you fulfill your potential because you can't fulfill your potential isolated. You can't fulfill your potential in a row. It's when you get in a relationship, when you get in a circle that the flow of the body of Christ will help you to reach the potential and the increase and the multiplication that God has for your life. Somebody say amen. It's a good word. Bottom line is simply this. We is always better than me. Come on, everybody. Every, everybody say it. You ready? We is always better than me. But Pastor Jared, you know, I've been in one of those circles and uh, got hurt. You know one of the reasons why that we don't get in relationship with people you ready? This will be profound. People. Because <laughs> we've been hurt by people. So here's our mentality. Well, pastor, just time. I'll give it time. Time will heal all wounds. No, it won't. Time will make it worse. 
Because the longer the time goes by, the deeper the root of bitterness, the deeper the root of pain, the deeper the root of fear will grow, and the less likely you'll ever have it ripped up and you'll be free. So the longer you stay in a row, I'm sorry, the longer you stay in a row, the more likely you'll never be in a circle. People will disappoint you, but sometimes we just have to forgive and we have to trust and we have to move on. You see, that's why the Bible says one can chase a thousand, but two can chase ten thousand. In fact, it says it this way, two are better than one, because if one falls down, the other can pick them up. Right? The Bible says iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. If you want to unlock the potential that God has for you, you got to get out of your row. Listen, the rows are important. We need to come together, worship. We need to be encouraged. We need to hear the word. But there's something about a relationship that people are able to see past the blind spots and the mass and the arena into our heart, and, and suddenly potential begins to thrive. It reminds me of a story, and there was a man who was a professional skater, and his name was Tony Hawk, and he was the first guy to ever do a, a 920. In other words, he went up on his board, and he flipped around two and a half times, and landed and rolled it and when he did that the the crowd went crazy and for many years I think it was something like 12 years this professional skater was the only one others had done it but nobody could match or go beyond what he had done and 920 was amazing until along came a man who ran across a young boy by the name of uh, Tom Shar. Tom Shar was only 12 years old, and when he saw Tom Shar, he said, man, kid, you've got a gift, and I think you can do amazing things. So you know what he did? He went out, and he began to get people to help him raise money, and he got sponsors, and he, he raised a million dollars and built a thing called Mega, and Mega was the largest tube for skaters that had ever been built. It was like twice as high, twice as long. He came to Tom. He said, Tom, now's the time. I see the potential, and he got on that tube and mega, and in three tries, for the first time in the history of skating, he did a 1080, three full turns. Because you'll never unlock your potential by yourself. We is always better than me. I had someone share this idea with me after the first service. Circle up. Everybody say circle up. Circle up. up. Say it again. We're going to talk about for a few weeks circling up. This is a circle, right? It's in a circle that you unlock the infinity of potential that God has in your life. It's infinite. But you'll not find it in a row. You can only find it in a circle. I want you to pull out your higher living book real quickly. Some of you are saying, well, Pastor, where do I fit? How do I do? Well, let me just tell you something. In that passage in Ephesians, here's what we discovered, is that when everybody does their part in the body, everybody else grows. There's a place for you to grow, and there's a place for you to help others grow. Maybe you're someone who has the ability to lead a circle. We have different kinds of circles here at Higher Vision. We have Bible study circles. We have prayer circles. We have relational circles. You know, we need a lot more relational circles. Because maybe you're here and you're saying, well, Pastor, I don't have a degree in theology. I don't know everything about the Bible. But maybe you can hit a golf ball. Does anybody here know how to hit a golf ball? 
So maybe you want to start a group. Maybe you want to say, hey, I want to create a circle. I'll get some guys. We'll meet out at Vista. We'll have a quick bite to eat. We'll go out and hit balls for about 15 minutes or 20 minutes. And then we'll sit down real quick and just talk and say, how's it going? And we'll pray for each other before we go back to work. It doesn't matter, but you have a place in the body. Perfectly fit together. There's a place for you either to be in a circle or to lead a circle. And if you have a desire to lead a circle, and maybe it's not, you know, have a deep theological teaching. We have those too. But you want a place Maybe you're called to lead a circle. You need to come and talk to our, our men's pastor. You need to talk to Pastor Randy or Pastor um, Wayman or, or Pastor James or one of our leaders or, or children's ministry. Or maybe it's you want to um, be involved in some other place. Listen, there is a place for you, either in a circle or leading a circle, and we will help you. But we need to create circles so that we can unlock the potential that God has for every person that's a part of this church family. Amen? So let me tell you about some of our circles. In fact, I'm super excited because we just recently did a, a study and found out that we have over 107 addresses, which represents somewhere between three to 400 people now that are coming either every once in a while or all the time from Palmdale, Lancaster. Is that not amazing? So guess what? We've discovered we've got a couple people that are willing to host circles. We're going to start a couple circles out in Palmdale, Lancaster. Is there anybody from Palmdale, Lancaster out here? Come on, raise your hand. Lift it up high. Look at that. Isn't that awesome? Maybe God's calling you to be a part of a, a circle there. You know, if you look at our church, Higher Living, there's many ways to connect. On Mondays, we have the War Room Prayer, 1130 to 1230, right back here. If you want to come in your lunch hour and pray and meet some other people, be a part of a prayer circle. We have Grief Share, Sandy Marin. She'll help you to work through the loss and the grief that you have and find healing and wholeness. It's a beautiful circle for healing. We have the choir. Maybe you can sing. Maybe you're the next Mariah Carey or whatever, I'm dating myself right now. There's a place for you. There's a circle. I love this one, HV Guardians on Monday nights right here in the cafe. If you're a first responder, police, fire, uh, EMT, there's a circle for you. We'd love to get you plugged in. You can go on to Tuesday. There's a Monday morning Tuesday group called Precepts Women's Bible Study. If you have time on the morning, you want to come together and learn the Bible, that's a circle. And then on, on Tuesday nights, we have family night. There's kids club going on. The kids are in circles. The, the fifth and sixth graders called the club, they're in their circle. We have the venue, junior high and high school. They're gathering up three times a month in circles, and then they're having a big event at the end of the month. It's awesome. They're, they're in a circle. Men's and women's ministry. And here, we literally have tables set up in circles, and they'll have a short time of worship, teach a little bit, and break into their groups, and go through teaching, and, and, and hear from each other, encourage each other. Same thing with the men. And if you look at the back of your book right there, if you look in it, there's a men's page, a women's page. There's even more circles there, all right? We also have our HV Persian Home Bible Study. If you're Persian and you speak Farsi, we've got a circle for you. Somebody say amen. That's awesome. Look at Wednesdays. We have Spiritual Growth Night. Um, Wednesday night, they meet in the MPR. They do a little bit of worship, and then they break off. One of them, they stay in that room. Pastor James and his teaching team teach through things in Scripture. We also have Celebrate Freedom. That's a circle. If you're struggling with addiction or want to overcome some struggle in your life, that's a great circle. We have Unashamed, another great circle. Parenting class. I mean, sometimes as parents, we need a circle, right? And then we've got HV Santa Paula. Our, our HV Santa Paula campus, they're launching their circles this fall. They're going to have youth ministry, children's ministry. They're going to have men's and women's Bible studies going on. And then Thursday night, we have a group called Hot Topics. If you're a woman, you want to plug into that. That happens during the day. And then we have our intercessory prayer group on Thursday nights. Let me show you some more circles. Culture, our young adult service. We have, I love this one, Higher Reason. 
part two, and it's social apologetics. You can learn how to apologize. No, not really. Just teaching. You can learn about faith and what it means to defend your faith. We've got groups like Proverbs 31, The Virtuous Woman. We've got HV Dance. Some of you can get your groove back. We've got Fridays. We've got um, HV Hispanos, Mops, Mothers of Preschoolers, Entrusted. We've got Hip Hop Dance Ministry. On Saturday, we've got Sign Language Class. We've got a Messianic Congregation now um, circle that's meeting in the NPR while Saturday night service is going on. It's awesome. Sunday, we have things going on. If you're new to our church, next week at the 10 o'clock hour we're starting the higher living class come and learn about higher vision we also have higher leading if you want to be a leader we have hv discipleship if you've accepted christ and you want to grow in your faith and learn comparative religions or you want to learn about um, inner healing you want to learn the foundations of faith all of that there are circles for everybody hv discipleship higher vision um, persian service we also have our higher vision santa paula campus and then let's go to the marriage side hv marriage we have if you're going to get married get into a marriage circle and learn how to be married. Come on, those that have been married, say amen. amen. We have a circle for you. That class is almost finishing, but we'll have another one. We have young marriage class. We have, I love this one, the smart step family marriage. Maybe you've got stepkids and you're trying to work that out. They haven't set the times yet, but they're waiting to hear from you. The art of marriage. We can go through light of hope. I mean, help the children. I mean, there's so many places for you to connect. And then there are others that haven't even been created yet. They're, we're waiting you to step up and get out of your row and become the leader of a circle because God wants to unlock the potential inside of you and inside of every person in this church. Come on, somebody say amen. There's potential inside of you. And here's what God has said. I want to bless you. So be fruitful and multiply.